course, this morning is a, a great reminder that the country that we live in and the freedom that we enjoy didn't come for free. There was a great cost. And uh, it's great to have the extra day, you know, for the long weekend. But there's a meaning behind that, where we celebrate and honor those that gave their lives for our nation, for our country, and that we can remember their sacrifice. And because of their sacrifice, we can even be here in this place today. We have the freedom to gather, to worship, to hear God's word, to sing together, to gather in this place, united as one. So let's not forget what Memorial Day is truly about and honor those that died for our nation and for our country and for our freedom that we now have. We've been talking about this radical faith, specifically from the book of Ruth. I want to give just a quick update before I get into that this morning. I went to the Thomas Service Center this week and dropped off our, our check and got to see a little bit of their operations. And the, uh, the money that we were able to give them was $1,310 and I think three cents came up to. It was our profits uh, last month. It was going to buy 7,000 pounds of food for those in need. And the Family Service Center said that since the pandemic hit, there's been a thousand additional families, so the ones that they were already serving uh, on a weekly basis. So it's, a, it's been a huge blessing. They were very happy to, to receive that check. And it reminds me, of course, of Matthew chapter 25. He says, when I was hungry, you fed me. And of course, the people looked back and said, when were you hungry? And when did we feed you? And he said that when you did it for the least of these, you did it as unto me. So this morning, that's what we do. We give people hope by loving God, loving people, and making disciples. So we're going to continue to do that. And I believe that God's going to continue to bless our efforts because it's not for ourselves. We're not doing this to make money for Heritage Christian Church. We're doing this to give money to those in need that need help. I also wanted to make another quick announcement. We are moving our prayer time on Tuesday nights. We were having that prayer time together. People were getting together on the phone. And now it's time to start coming together physically. So we've actually made a bit of a shift where we're taking our Tuesday night prayer time and we're bringing it into our Wednesday night group as well so that we're going to be all meeting together here at 7 p.m. on Wednesday nights. And at this point, I'm calling it the gathering only because I can't think of a better term for it. And it may change. But right now, we're just calling it the gathering. Why? Because I want it to be a time where we come together on a Wednesday night at 7 p.m., a time of informal worship, a time of prayer, a time of devotion, a time of discussion, a time of seeking the face of God. I want it to be a time where we're open to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Wherever the Holy Spirit leads on that night as we come together is where we want to go. And so we want to be in tune with that and want to continue to pray to God about not only our personal direction and lay things out before him, yeah, there might even be some altar times. But lay some things out before him, but also continue to see God for his plan for us and for this church. And so that night's going to look different from week to week. But I believe it's what God is doing here in this next season for this church. And we need that moment where we can come together and where we can continue to allow God to work in our lives. So I want to encourage you on Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. to 
It's going to be, a, like I said, a less formal time. Just be an acoustic guitar and some worship. And just, uh, we're going to do it the way the Spirit leads. There might be moments of teaching and moments of prayer. Of course, prayer is going to be involved there. Um, but we want to invite you out on Wednesday night at 7. And be a part of that as you're able to. I know summer's hitting and you might have some different things going on. Make it when you can. You know, don't just miss it once and go, ah, I already missed it once. I'm not going to come back. No, keep coming. Well, we're going to keep it going. Um, so I want to encourage you to do that this morning. Now getting into the message here with Ruth. When we look at that military uniform, and we think of Memorial Day, we think of those that, that wore that uniform, that put that uniform on. We know that, that there were numerous men and women that put that uniform on, and they put it on and they proudly wore this uniform for our country. They gave their lives in that uniform. At that point, when they had decided that they were going to join the military, there was no turning back. They bravely went in the direction of flying bullets. Memorial Day is about remembering those who gave their lives so that we can be free, so that we can experience that freedom. And when you put on that uniform, that military uniform of the United States military, you're no longer just a representative or a private citizen. You are a representative of the United States of America. You're no longer that private citizen. You are now a representative of the United States of America. And those that willingly put on these uniforms pledge to keep our country safe, to protect our interests abroad, and to be ambassadors for freedom worldwide. There is an authority that's bestowed on those who wear this uniform, backed by the United States of America. And I heard a story of a woman who was newly married to a sailor, and her first experience of washing clothes was quite a disaster. At muster the following morning, her husband was the only sailor among several hundred others dressed in purple slacks rather than the traditional navy blue. The company commander stopped in front of him and said, What happened to your uniform, sailor? Just married, sir, was the husband's reply. The officer gave an amused chuckle and continued his inspection. I think that officer may have lost just a little bit of respect at that moment with his purple pants. Believe it or not, what you wear, what you put on, has special meaning throughout Scripture. It has a special meaning even in the book of Genesis with Adam and Eve. Remember when they sinned, they hid from God, and they tried to make clothes out of figs, tried to cover themselves, and they did their best to cover themselves. They tried to cover up their sin, but only God could give them the forgiveness and clothe them. But you see, God had to shed blood to do that. I don't know if you ever noticed that before. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 21, it says, And the Lord God made clothing from animal skins from Adam, or for Adam, and his wife. Not from Adam. That would be a whole different thing. He made their clothes from animal skins. And where did these animal skins come from? The death of an animal. A sacrifice. Something had to be sacrificed to cover their sin. Something had to be sacrificed to cover their bodies. And we also see in, in the book of Exodus, these Jewish priests wore special garments that no one else was able to wear. 
In Exodus chapter 28, God gives very specific instructions for how these outfits were to look and what they were to represent. A very detailed description about how it represents and how it came from God himself. You see, the, the priesthood were to be set apart. They were to be holy. We also see, often throughout Scripture, salvation is pictured as a change of clothes. In the New Testament, we remember the story of the prodigal son. The father called for the finest robe to bring, to cover his son, so that his son could, his lost son could wear this new robe. It's a picture of the father's salvation, the father's forgiveness, of his acceptance of his son, no matter what his son has done in the past. That robe covers over the old clothes and represents the robe of righteousness that covers our sins. In the Old Testament, Isaiah spoke of a change of clothes. In Isaiah 61.10, it says, I am overwhelmed with joy in the Lord my God, for he has dressed me with the clothing of salvation and draped me in a robe of righteousness. I am like a bridegroom dressed for his wedding or a bride with her jewels. He has clothed in salvation, clothed in a robe of righteousness. So we see that clothes do play a specific role or special role throughout biblical history in different parts of Scripture. And we'll see this today in the book of Ruth. Because you might remember, so far we've been talking about some instructions that Naomi gave to Ruth as Naomi went into Boaz. And we know those instructions were there. That it was wash yourself was the first one, which we determined represents repentance in our lives. The second thing she told her to do was anoint herself, which we determined is a sense of the, being anointed with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit working in and through our lives. And the third thing that we're going to talk about today is she told Ruth to change her clothes. She told Ruth to change her clothes. Ruth chapter 3, verse 3. Now do as I tell you. Take a bath, put on perfume, and dress in your nicest clothes. Other versions say change your clothes or put on a cloak. What is Naomi telling Ruth here? She's telling Ruth it's time to change your uniform. You are wearing the uniform of a widow. You are wearing a uniform of someone who mourns. You're wearing the uniform of someone who is in sorrow. But you know what, Ruth? That day has passed. It's now time to move on. It's time to wear something festive. It's time to change your clothes. It's time to put on something nice. It's time to put on a new uniform. Notice here how the tide has turned. We see in Naomi, she was the person that said, call me bitter because of all that God has done for me. And now all of a sudden we see that she's stepping out in faith, believing that Naomi is going to be a bride. Believing that now Naomi is taking a step of faith and she's going to be the bride of Boaz. So her faith, her faith struggled for a time. But now her faith is beginning to rise up. Her faith is beginning to make a comeback. I want to pause just for a second here to ask, how many of us are still wearing the garments of a widow? How many of us are still wearing garments of sorrow or garments of regret 
or garments of negative thinking, or garments of divorce, or garments of shame, or gar garments of financial ruin, or garments of bad health, garments of bad decisions, garments of addiction. How many of us are still wearing the same old garments? I believe that God would say to you this morning, it's time to put away those garments. It's time for a change of clothes. It's time for a change in your uniform. You need to take off the uniform of the world, the uniform of all your faults, the uniform of all your sin, and put on the uniform of the kingdom of God and his purposes. It's time to exchange the garments of sorrow for garments of praise. This is the one place that you should be able to come in and see the garments of praise represented as we worship the Lord together. As we gather together to worship Him and sing songs to Him, you should visibly see the garments of praise coming out of His people. The garment of joy. Put on a new uniform. How do we as a church prepare for the bridegroom? With repentance and forgiveness. Represented by the washing. By being filled with the Holy Spirit. Represented by the anointing oil. And the fragrance that comes from that anointing oil. And once that has been done, it's going to require a change of clothes. You have a new uniform. You represent something else now. You are an ambassador for Christ. You declare victory. You declare freedom for the captive. You declare healing for the sick. You declare the coming of the kingdom of God. You have all that authority given to you by the one who has given you that uniform. By the one who has clothed you in that uniform, Jesus Christ. So it's time to change our uniform, church. Amen? Is it time to take those old rags off, those old clothes off, and put on the uniform of Christ? Galatians chapter 3, verses 26 through 29. says, For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And all who have been united to Christ in baptism have Put on Christ like putting on new clothes. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs, and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. We put on Christ as if we're putting on new clothes. When we put on Christ, your sin, all the deepest, darkest stains of your life are no longer seen by God. You're covered in a robe of righteousness. And God sees your sin no longer. You are forgiven. You are righteous. You are made pure. You are, as Scripture says, a new creation. And you know what happens when you begin to declare that you're a new creation? That you're righteous, that you're holy, that you're clothed in righteousness? You have the enemy that begins to whisper in your ear. No, you're not. You're not a son of God. You're not a person of God. Look at what you've just done. Look at all the sin in your life. Look at the things you've done in the past. You can't possibly be forgiven by God. You can't possibly be wearing that uniform. You should be wearing my uniform. But we can walk confidently in our, uni in our new uniform, not because of what we have done, but because of what God has done in us. Amen? 
because of who you belong to, because of the authority that has been given to you by whom you represent. And when you mess up, and when you sin, and you will, you repent and ask forgiveness. You get back to living that radical faith. And we understand that that radical faith is a process that continues. It's called sanctification. It's a process by which God calls us holy and makes us holy. God calls us holy and makes us holy. The book of Revelation gives us a picture of what it will look like for the church that has stayed faithful to the groom, faithful to Christ. Set the scene. I just want to set the scene here for a minute. This is a vision from John. A vision that he had of the throne of God as we begin to end, or begin to get to the end of the age. He says here in Revelation chapter 19, verses 6 through 8, Then again, I heard a voice that sounded like the shout of a vast crowd or the roar of the mighty ocean waves. Or the crash of loud thunder. Praise the Lord, for the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice, and let us give honor to Him. For the time has come for the wedding feast of the Lamb, and His bride has prepared herself. What have we learned about a bride preparing for herself so far? Washed, anointed with a change of clothes. In verse 8. She has now been given the finest of pure white linen to wear. There's your chains of clothes. For the fine linen represents the good deeds of God's holy people. See, to live a radical faith, I believe this passage in Ecclesiastes sums it up. Ecclesiastes 9.8 says this. It says, always be clothed in white, and always anoint your head with oil. Ecclesiastes is written by Solomon. Considered one of the smartest men to ever live. Always be clothed in white. What is that representing? Always putting out on that beautiful. Always be clothed in Christ's righteousness. Always be clothed in his forgiveness, in his righteousness in our lives. And always be filled with the Holy Spirit. Always be anointed on your head. Always be clothed with light. That's how we live that radical faith. Be clothed with light, exchanging our filthy garments, exchanging our sin, exchanging our filthy and dirty rags that we're wearing for Christ's righteousness and his robe of righteousness covering us. Always anointing your head of oil, being filled continually with the Holy Spirit. And that's what Paul calls the church to do. Be filled continually with the Holy Spirit. Keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not a one-time happening. It's not a once-and-for-all time. It's not a once-and-for-all thing. It's something that continues throughout our life, continues as we grow, continues as we work towards sanctification, continues as we see God working in us and changing us. We are not the same as what we used to be. We're not quite what we need to be. We're not quite what God wants us to be. We're still striving for that next step. Striving for more. Striving for growth. That's what I want our Wednesday nights to be, to be all about. 
that would be problematic or something we just go through and go through a book, although we've been going through those times. I want it to be a moment in time where we're seeking after God with all of our hearts to say, what does God want to do in me and for me in this church? What family members do I need to speak to? What family members need this healing? What can we pray for and believe that God's going to heal them and he answers prayer? There have been so many prayers answered from our Tuesday night group that get together and they pray over those needs. So many people who are being healed so many people are coming out of traumatic situations. Testimony after testimony keeps coming forth of those as they prayed together and they've seen God at work. I want to see more of that, not less. I want to see that continue on Wednesday nights as we agree with one another and believe for one another. When you put on that uniform of Christ, when you put on that uniform of the kingdom of God, remember who you represent. You're no longer a private citizen. You're no longer a citizen of this world. Remember whose authority lays behind you. We don't have authority, but Christ does in us. Christ does through us. So when we pray and we believe for healing, when we lay hands on somebody and believe for healing, it's not because I have the power to do that. It's not because I have the authority to do that. But I act on behalf of the person of the uniform that I'm wearing. I act on behalf of Christ, working in improvement. Believing that he's going to bring that people. That's where the authority comes from, amen? That's where it comes from. Remember your mission. Freedom to the captives. Recovering the sight to the blind. Bringing good news to the poor. This Memorial Day weekend. Time to cast off the clothes, not literally. Time to cast off the clothes that represent the former self. It's time to make that shift in our bodies. We've been going in that same gear for far too long. It's time to shift that. This is the time to change uniforms. The uniform the world no longer fits you. You know that? It doesn't fit you anymore. It doesn't fit you. Maybe too small, maybe too big, but it doesn't fit you the way that it should. When you take off that uniform, when you change uniforms, I'm going to speak this morning for those of you who have already made Jesus Christ your Savior and Lord. You've already taken that step. But just because you've taken that step, you may have asked for repentance and you've been washed clean. You may have been filled with the Holy Spirit. When you asked Jesus Christ to let the Holy Spirit there, you may have been filled with the Holy Spirit. You may have spoken in tongues. You may have done all kinds of things with the Holy Spirit flowing through you. But you may not have taken that third step yet. You may still be wearing the old clothes, the old uniform of the world around you. I say to you this morning, it's time to change that uniform. It's time to get rid of those old clothes with your stained sin and all the junk that you went through before. That uniform is no longer yours. It no longer fits you. You may be here this morning, and I said earlier, 
and you're wearing those ragged old garments of sin and life. Those garments of sorrow and regret and negative thinking and divorce and shame, financial ruin and bad health. The garments of bad decisions, the garments of addiction, whatever it may be for you, you're still wearing those garments. Yes, you've been forgiven, you've repented. Yes, you've felt the sense, you've sensed the Holy Spirit at work in your life, but you're still wearing the same old garments and it's time to change your garments. It's time to put on a new uniform. You're being held captive. And it's time to put on Christ. It's time to put on Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that he will wrap you in his righteousness. Because there's no one righteous. No, no, no. But Jesus died to make you free from those old garments. Why are you still wearing them? You've tried to serve, and you're still wearing the uniform of the world. I just want to take a moment to pray for those who are still wearing the uniform. Father, I thank you for your word today. And I thank you for the way that it speaks to our hearts and our lives. Lord, there's anyone here that calls themselves by your name. They've been forgiven, they've repented. They've sensed your Holy Spirit at work in them. They may have seen them fill the old one, but they still have the old garments that they're wearing. Father, today, I pray would be the day that they cast aside the old and be made new. They would put on a new uniform, a new robe. They'd be clothed in, in white, representing your righteousness. There will be no more struggle in listening to the enemy's lives. His uniform no longer fits us. We're ready for what you're calling us to as your soldiers, as your chosen, as your call. And you have a mission far greater than any mission that's ever been placed on this earth for our lives. But this morning, be the beginning of living out that mission in your uniform, representing you to this world. Do that in us today, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, this morning, just as men and women died so that we can enjoy the freedom we now have, there was another man who died for all nations and all people, regardless of race or nationality representing a different kingdom, the kingdom of God. Jesus died so that you and I can be free of the captivity of our sin and that captivity that brings in our lives. Jesus Christ died to set you and I free, to set me free. Freedom was never free. If there's anything that we understand from mortal that we know that our, it cost our nation dearly. We know that there are many lives lost, and you saw the numbers as they ticked out each board, and each one of those numbers represent one person, one family member, one open space at a table, many children without fathers. See, salvation was not free, and never has been. Our salvation wasn't free, it cost Jesus' life. It took the sacrifice of one man to break the curse of sin and death. 
this morning, you've never taken that step toward Jesus Christ, or you know that you need to renew your relationship with him, whether you're watching online or you're here in this room, you can take that step. As though it cost Jesus Christ his life, it's free to us. Just like we enjoy freedom, so it didn't cost us anything. We enjoy salvation, though it doesn't cost us anything because it's been paid for. So has our freedom, it's been paid for. I'm going to ask you to take a step today to pray with us and to ask Jesus Christ to be the Lord of your life. Every head bowed and every eye closed. You can just say this prayer as the first step of your relationship with Jesus Christ. Lord, I need to change me. No longer will I wear the garments of my sin. I am ready to put on the robe of your righteousness. Thank you for loving me and giving your life on the cross. So I no longer have to wear those old clothes around me. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you rose again. Forgive my sins today. I place my life in your hands. Make me new right now. And fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you said that prayer this morning, I want to encourage you to download a free app. It's called YouVersion. And in that app, there'll be a little search function, and you can search for the devotional called First Steps for New Believers. And I encourage you to take that first step in your growth. If you're local, we'd love to see you here on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. If you're watching from far away, find a church nearby that you can begin to attend and continue to grow in your faith. I'm going to ask the congregation this morning to stand with me. And I'm going to ask you to read with me as we declare this together as part of our mission, what God is calling us to be and to do. We're reading from Luke chapter 4, verses 18 to 19. I'm going to ask you to read this and read along with me. Yeah. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, and the blind will see that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Church, it's time to live a radical faith. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal where you fall short in your head. Ask and seek the filling of the Holy Spirit in your life. Change uniforms. Put on Christ's righteousness. And this morning, go out in the power of the Holy Spirit, proclaiming good news to the poor, proclaiming liberty to the captives, recovering the sight of the blind, and setting the oppressed free. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you next week.